Hello, and welcome to Facts Matter, a podcast by Citizens Research Council of Michigan. I'm Estelle Slootmaker, author of the Second Wave Michigan State of Health series, which you can find at secondwavemedia.com. I'm your guest host today for a conversation about the lack of data on healthcare spending in Michigan's prisons available to the public and lawmakers. Roughly 3% of all Michigan tax dollars pay for the care of about 30,000 prisoners, and that price tag is rising. But we don't know if the dollars are being spent effectively because there is little to no data to review. I recently interviewed CRC Research Associate Carly Abramson for a Second Wave Michigan State of Health series story on this lack of data. Carly focuses on health policy in Michigan and recently published research on the topic. She is here with us today to talk more about it. Hello, Carly. Hi. So the Citizens Research Council has cited a lack of data around the cost effectiveness of health care being provided in our correctional facilities. How could collecting more data help bring costs down? There's a lot of different ways. First of all, having more data on the health profile of prisoners, the health treatment that they are getting and their health outcomes. This is all data that we would need to really analyze if where we are putting our money is having any effective impact on the health of prisoners. We also need a lot more information about exactly what we are spending on to know what we are putting our money into and what specific factors in the prison healthcare population are contributing to the driving costs. And so we there's both on the spending side and the health outcome side, there's a lot of information that we don't know. And there are a lot of different theories as to what is potentially increasing costs. Um, There's theories that it's the aging prison population that needs more care and therefore leads to higher health care costs. There's theories that it's the mental health, substance abuse issues that are really um, creating those costs. But we don't really have the data to be able to know for sure. And on top of that, we don't know if the money that we are putting in is leading to better health care. We don't know if it's even leading to adequate health care for them. And we have a constitutional obligation to provide health care to these people. So basically, we need a lot of data to assess whether, one, we are providing the constitutionally mandated care at all, and two, are we doing it as effectively and efficiently as possible? After I interviewed you for the story about this, I also spoke with Adam Grant, executive director of the nonprofit A Brighter Way and Ken Nixon, Director of Outreach and Community Partnership for Safe and Just Michigan. Both of these men are working hard to advocate for Michigan's incarcerated residents, and both spent time in our correctional system. They told me that health care in Michigan's prisons is terribly inadequate. How could having more data available improve quality of care in prisons? So having more data about health outcomes we would be able to know kind of what treatments are effective and what aren't. So we might be able to know better if we have these limited financial resources, where is our money best spent? So there's a lot of evidence that preventative care and focusing on preventative care ends up being a a cost saver and that the general wellness of the prison population focusing on that 
leads to fewer healthcare issues down the road. And so making sure that we are keeping prisoners healthy tends to reduce the costs of those more serious health issues that end up being more costly later. And so if we have more resources, then we can open up more doors for better quality of care. We may be able to provide more staffing, um, be able to have better treatments and be able to provide just more access to more services that we aren't able to because of lack of of funds. And so really it's about that reallocating um, where our resources are going and then potentially opening up more funding for more services um, for the prison population. And could data collected in Michigan prisons be a catalyst for improving other areas via the lens of cost effectiveness? For example, serving healthier foods, providing opportunities for exercise, maybe even making mindfulness or other simple self-care supports for mental health available. Sure. Like if, if we were to have data that shows us that the general health of the prison population is significantly worse than outside of prison. And if we have that data to support the idea that they need more preventative care, that would encompass a wide range of different services. Health status and health outcomes is influenced by a wide variety of things outside of just direct access to a healthcare provider. Um, Like you said, healthy foods, um, recreational time, mental health resources, knowledge about own self-care and how to maintain a healthy lifestyle while in prison, all of those things are are connected to the health of the prisoners. And so it really could lead to an analysis of all the different types of prison programming and what we should be uh, investing in for the best health health outcomes. And and with a good share of our health care in our prisons being outsourced to a huge private corporation, is there even more reason to examine the escalating costs? Yes. I mean, it being outsourced, um, so Michigan is has a hybrid system, and so some services are provided directly by uh, MDOC. Other services are contracted out. And so it is important that we're keeping track and monitoring how this money is being spent because a part of it is a little bit outside of our control and it's a little bit harder to have oversight when it's an outside vendor providing that care. And outside contractors are differently motivated than the department would be. They have different financial incentives. And so it's really important that we're monitoring all this data. And because we contract with different vendors over time, it's really important that we have a framework and a structure in place for collecting data over time across different vendors. And so part of the problem is that the data is hard to collect long-term because the contracts look different each year. The vendors can be different each year. And so having the legislature step in to try to formalize and unify across the years how we collect and and maintain that data, that's really important considering that we use different contractors sometimes year by year. And how would ensuring quality of health care for our incarcerated residents benefit the state as a whole? So lots of ways. First of all, directly, prison health care is funded by taxpayer dollars, and it is very costly, and it's something that's necessary to 
provide for the state as a whole, right? And so individual people outside of prison, they definitely have a stake in how their money is being used. And if it's being wasted, that's something that it's in everyone's interest to want to make sure that we are using that money effectively. In addition, most people kind of separate themselves from the prison population, and they don't tend to look at it as an institution like schools or like roads, but that's essentially what it is. And it's part of how the state as a whole works. And so there's having a prison system that is working efficiently and that people have trust and faith in is also very important. On top of that, most prisoners who end up incarcerated are eventually released back into their communities. And so it's in everyone's interest that the prisoners who are released are, you know, as healthy and productive as they can possibly be. We don't want people going in and out of prison because they come out healthy and without the resources and tools that they would need to thrive back in their communities. And so really, we don't want prisons to just be recycling people in and out. We want them to serve a purpose that will benefit us. And creating productive, healthy members of society is something that directly benefits everyone. Now that the CRC has your report in hand, what are the next steps as far as urging the Michigan Department of Corrections and our legislature to make more data available? We have been in contact with MDOC, and I think the department is very willing to provide data. It's a question of how that data is tracked over time and how available we can make it. And so that's really where the legislature needs to step in, because even if we can't have that data right now, they could step in right now to start creating the process and the procedure for how we collect information from now moving forward so that 10 years from now, someone could come in and look back on on, the, on these next 10 years and have that data to really analyze what, what we're talking about now. So even if we aren't able you know, to mandate a release of um, certain metrics right now, simply because they haven't been tracked or they haven't been tracked in a way where we can compare year to year, what the legislature can do is be more forward thinking about this and start to focus on why this data need, needs to be tracked, set up annual reporting requirements that are more detailed, and really kind of start to create that framework so that 10, 20 years down the road, we will have this information that we need. We will be able to start creating policy solutions that are based on facts and not uh, theory, essentially. Okay. Well, thank you for chatting with us today, Carly, and for bringing this very important issue to our attention. I will be watching to see how the Department of Correction responds to this issue and hopefully makes healthcare spending data transparent and open to oversight. I'm Estelle Slootmaker, author of the Second Wave Michigan State of Health series, and I've been chatting with Carly Abramson, research analyst with the Citizens Research Council of Michigan, online at crcmich.org, and on Twitter at CRCMICH. That's C-R-C-M-I-C-H. This has been Facts Matter, a podcast presentation of the CRC of Michigan. Thanks again, Carly.
Thanks. The Citizens Research Council of Michigan has been providing lawmakers, academics, and the media, and all Michiganders, really, with factual, unbiased, independent information on significant issues concerning state and local government, organization, and finance for 107 years. Our research is available to you. Go online at crcmich.org and on Twitter at crcmich. Download our research, check out our numerous blogs, and listen to our podcasts. And while you're there, please consider supporting our research with a donation. We rely on charitable donations for our work. This has been a Facts Matter podcast, a presentation of the Citizens Research Council of Michigan.